0: And um, I I promised a little while ago that we'd do a series on Revelation. In fact, about uh, November last year, I really felt God saying to me, I want you to teach on Revelation. That's a bit scary because lots of people far better educated who have spent much more time reading the Word of God, who know a lot more stuff than I do, have written books on the book of Revelation. But I really ran out of excuses. And I did sort of make a promise to God that I'd start it in June. And I found a few excuses in June. But by the end of June, I ran out. And so we're actually going to start a series on the book of Revelation. Now, I don't, I don't know whether we'll just do it week after week after week. Because that's, that will take at least half a year, I think. Um, so I might break it up a little bit. But I'm determined to go through every verse in the book of Revelation, and um, share with you at least the understanding that I have of it, which has been gleaned from many, many writers over the years, and uh, try as well not to fill up what I have to say with words that none of us can really understand. A lot of books written about Revelation are pretty hard to understand, so I want to keep it fairly simple because... I actually believe that God's word is fairly simple. See, God never set out to hide himself from us. And uh, the only times that the Bible really talks about mystery is mystery associated with Old Testament prophecies of Jesus Christ. And the New Testament actually says that all the mysteries were revealed in Jesus Christ. So there's no more mystery. If we sense mystery, then we go to Jesus Christ. Because in Him, all the mysteries are revealed. So I'm approaching Revelation from the perspective that we can actually understand it. That God's not hiding Himself from us. There's not some kind of secret code that only a few people will ever be able to understand. (laughs) That this book of Revelation was actually written for all of us. And that all of us can get a handle on it. So let me first deal with some preliminaries. And I might not even finish what I've got planned today. And that's okay. Because we've got plenty of time, haven't we? I'm going to live until I'm 120. So I've got another 57 and a half years to go. And most of you are younger than I am. So you've got longer. Okie doke so if it takes us that long it's all right isn't it we can always come back there'll always be chocolate biscuits next week as well so it's okay if we don't finish off what i have planned today so most authorities agree that the apostle john wrote the book of revelation this is the john who used to hang around with jesus he was the disciple john and uh in fact john Claimed that he was the one Jesus loved the most. He was pretty close to Jesus. And uh, he was actually exiled eventually in his old age. He was exiled to the island of Patmos. And he was exiled because he was guilty of preaching the gospel. I don't know why they didn't kill him, because they killed plenty of others. Maybe they thought he was. Getting on in years, I really don't know. But he was exiled and it was while he was imprisoned on Patmos that he had the vision which he wrote down. Again, most commentators would argue that the book was actually written in the 90s. So towards the end of the first century. Um, If you want to pick a year, AD 95. And that was about John's age at the time as well. He was a very elderly man by the time he wrote Revelation. The initial audience was the seven churches in Western Asia Minor. The church was becoming fairly well established in that part of the world, which is roughly modern-day Turkey. And so they were the original audience. But, of course, the audience now is God's people everywhere and anyone else who will actually take the time to read it. A couple of themes flow through the whole book. One is to stand strong against persecution and compromise. And you'll see that much of what is said in the book of Revelation has to do with Babylon, Babylon actually signifies the world that has not recognized Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And uh, there is much that exists in Australia today that is Babylonian in nature. And we will touch on that as we move through our study of the book of Revelation. But the other big theme. In the book of Revelation. Is that Jesus is returning. And that in fact is why we can stand strong. In the face of persecution. Jesus is returning. And no matter what we might read. No matter what we might hear, uh, hear preached. There is no need for us to fear. Because not only is Jesus returning. But he is with us by means of the Holy Spirit, every moment of our lives. And there's no thing and no one who can take that truth away from us. The truth is for us. The joy of the Lord is for us. And nobody can take it away from us. The final point I would like to make by way of preliminary comments is that there's a lot of symbolism in the book of Revelation, much of it coming from the Old Testament. And of course, John's uh, readers at the time probably understood that symbolism far better than we do today because it's fallen out of everyday usage in our language. style of writing of the book of Revelation is called apocalyptic and uh, just very briefly uh, the word apocalyptic comes from a Greek word apocalypsis which means a revealing or unveiling so often you know we've got an image in our minds when the word revelation is spoken of, of the battles of the tribulation of persecution And many people relate apocalyptic writing to those terrible things, terrible experiences. But its literal meaning is a revealing or an unveiling. And in fact, the book of Revelation is the revealing or the unveiling of Jesus Christ who's returning to rule over heaven and earth forever. To establish his kingdom in which there will no longer be pain, sorrow, suffering, hurt, sickness, brokenness. None of that will exist. And so as we read the book of Revelation, we need to read it through eyes that understand. that this is about revealing or unveiling the soon coming king who's returning with his church to rule and reign forever. Apocalypses are stories that use symbols and visions to describe how people received understanding of spiritual realities from heavenly beings, in this case, angels. Often, the meanings of these visions are difficult to grasp and are explained by an angel. The book of Daniel in the Old Testament And the book of Revelation in the New Testament are the best known of the apocalyptic writings. But many of the prophets of the Old Testament used apocalyptic um, ideas and expressions. And there are literally dozens of writings that are not in the Bible, which are apocalyptic in nature. Uh, Many of them actually written by early Christians. Not all of them, but many of them written by early Christians. Uh, The book of Revelation was written, as I mentioned, to seven churches as both encouragement and challenge. An apocalyptic letter, it relies on, that's the book of Revelation, relies on visions, symbols, and Old Testament references to reveal the ultimate fulfilment of God's promise given to Abraham in Genesis. And what was that promise? I will make of you a great nation. There will be so many descendants that you will not be able to number them. They will be more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore. That was the promise to Abraham. That promise will be ultimately fulfilled when Jesus returns to rule and reign with His church. So far from... Approaching the book of Genesis with trepidation. We should be approaching the book of Genesis with great expectation. Great expectation about what God is doing through Jesus. Great expectation about the ultimate consummation of human history that God has already worked out. This map I've taken from uh, the blog of Dr. David Jeremiah, who's a pretty well-known and fairly conservative uh, preacher in the United States. And so these are the churches. We're not going to go through the letters of the churches this week. That'll be next week or the week after, and we'll take probably three or four weeks to do that. But those are the churches in uh, Asia Minor that the Book of Revelation was originally written for. And so to help us understand the Book of Revelation, It's not a bad idea for us to try to get a bit of a handle on what life was like at that time. And so we will do that at appropriate points of our discussion. As I mentioned, the book of Revelation is not some secret code that allows believers to decipher the timeline of Jesus' return. I know much, much ink has been spilled on trying to figure out when Jesus is going to return. All I will say is the return of Jesus is sooner than it was yesterday. Right? That's what I know for sure and certain. But I can remember years ago there was a, a prophecy that Jesus was going to return and he was going to come through Sydney heads. Well, he didn't. There are lots of prophecies around that said Jesus is going to return in the year 2000. Well, That was as big a fizz as, what was it, Y2K, Y2K. right? Which didn't upset anybody's computers anywhere. Time and time and time again, people have got it wrong. Why? Because the book of Revelation isn't a pointer to the actual day, month or even year of the return of Jesus Christ. It points more to circumstances in the world that will point to... His return. I was talking to somebody just last week who said, I reckon Jesus is coming back pretty soon because they were looking around at the state of uh, politics and society. We see how much politics is fragmented and how much society has fragmented over the last generation or two. And if you have a look at the whole of the story of Revelation, you will see that it really portrays a world which is in political and social chaos. I don't believe that the world is going to end because of global warming or some kind of environmental crisis, because that's not obvious in the book of Revelation. But what is pretty obvious is that there will be a time of great political and social chaos. And so on that basis, this person was saying, well, Jesus is going to come back pretty soon. Well, I happen to feel that it can't be too far away. But that is not my point. Because we have to believe it's going to happen imminently. That is pretty well straight away. But at the same time, uh, organize our lives as if it won't happen in our own lifetime. So we've got to be ready. But we can't allow ourselves to be disappointed if Jesus doesn't come tomorrow. Tomorrow. So it's not a secret code. Remember, Scripture is meant for us to understand. We shouldn't need a team of experts to tell us how to interpret the book of Revelation. Instead, Revelation shows that every human kingdom eventually becomes Babylon and must be resisted. Every human kingdom eventually becomes Babylon and must be resisted. You see, Babylon was originally a city that was built on totally ungodly principles. Every sin that you can imagine was committed in Babylon. And we see that in the world today. There is no human government that can get things right. Even in Australia where we have a Christian Prime Minister, we don't get things right because that doesn't change the hearts of the people. Only surrendering to Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour will change the heart of anybody. And as an economist, as a professional economist, I look around and I see evidence of sin in business everywhere. Everywhere. I see the way that electricity companies and, and telcos really try to deceive people with their pricing. You just about need a PhD to be able to read their contracts. They're always coming up before the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. Why is that? Because they've been given over to a Babylonian system. Businesses that put profit before people given over to a Babylonian system. (laughs) Members of Parliament who are actually more interested in being voted in again than they are in doing what's in the national interest. Given over to the Babylonian system. Gangs that make their money out of producing and selling drugs. You know, they're going into country towns now. They're getting children as young as 12 years of age hooked on ice and then setting them up to distribute their drugs. Given over to the Babylonian system. When we were living in Toowoomba, the state government in Queensland decided that they would legalise prostitution. They also decided that they would take away the democratic right of people in local government areas to vote whether or not they wanted brothels in their local areas. A government given over to a Babylonian system. What? revelation reveals is that every human kingdom eventually becomes Babylonian. Eventually becomes Babylon. And it must be resisted. It must be resisted. So we're not meant to be namby-pamby Christians clapping hands in church on Sunday. We're established as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to stand up on a chair in our lunchroom at work and preach to people. But it does mean at the very least that we have to live a life that reflects the truth of the Word of God. So that people look to us in times of trouble and need. They look to us for leadership on ethical issues. They look to us for leadership within the workplace and you can be a leader without having a formal leader's position in your organisation. And there may well be times when we have to resist and pay the price for resistance. And there are plenty in times past who have been killed for their faith because they stood up for what... Is right according to the Word of God. I will say something next week or the week after about the whole Israel-Falao uh, situation. I've been wanting to for some time, and I think as we get into the book of Revelation, there is a good opportunity to do that. We've got to resist Babylon until Jesus returns. Jesus, the slain lamb, who died for the sins of the world, will return. There is nothing more certain than that Jesus will return. He will return one day as king with his followers to prompt repentance. He will remove evil permanently and make all things anew. If we don't believe that, we're not Christians. If we don't believe that, we're not Christians. He will return one day as king with his followers to prompt repentance. He will remove evil permanently and make all things new. That promise motivates every generation of God's people to remain faithful in the midst of persecution until their king returns. I'm not going to finish everything I wanted to say today, but that is okay. Let me briefly touch on the structure of Revelation. It starts actually with salutation. So John says who he is, and he greets the churches. But then there are seven letters. They're quite short letters. A letter for each of the seven churches I had up on the slide a few moments ago. Then there is a section referencing the sacrificed lamb. That, of course, is the basis for our faith. Following that, and this, I guess, has prompted perhaps more writing than just about anything else, three series of seven judgments. Seven being the number of perfection or completion in the Bible. It's the number of perfection or completion in the Bible. Then there's the description of a final battle. And lastly, God's kingdom is ushered in. One thing that we need to be aware of as we read through the book of Revelation is that it is not necessarily chronological. John was asked merely to write down the vision that he was given. And uh, I don't know whether you've ever had a vision or, or if you've ever had a dream, but sometimes it's not chronologically coherent, is it? Yeah. It's bits and pieces, as it were, from here and there. Well, that's the way in which John received the vision and he wrote it down exactly as he saw it. So if you've ever learnt... That when you're writing a good essay, you've got an introduction, and then you've got your points one, two, three, and four, they all flow together nicely, and then you've got a conclusion that wraps it all up. That's generally not how Bible authors did their writing. That approach to writing has come in fairly recently in history, actually. So the book of Revelation doesn't start at a particular point in time and go through a chronological sequence of events to the end. I know that some authors have tried to make it do that, but in all likelihood, it was never written that way in the first place. So, we're now ready to start Revelation